It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip-top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for Saturday, September the 7th, back in the tastefully appointed studios here at WTAD after getting to spend last weekend on location over at Sleep Tight. And our big thanks and... uh, to Kevin Connery over at Sleep Tight and all his crew for their hospitality. Had a great time out there. Also, a big thanks to Rick Little for joining us live out there. And a big thanks, as always, to Kevin for his constant support of our young people, our communities, and our sports. It doesn't happen without him. Hey, I'm still running on adrenaline from last night. Limited sleep, still lots of adrenaline, because it was a heck of a finish to week two of the high school football season and the soccer season and volleyball season last night is we've had ourselves quite a week. We're going to break it all down here over the next half hour with a couple of great guests. Connor McLaughlin, the head coach of the Unity Payson football squad, fresh off a big win over Pleasant Hill Western last night on the road, a very stat-filled win team for his Mustangs. He'll break it all down for us. They've had quite a two weeks, the Mustangs have, having had a chance to see a really good Carrollton team and playing right with them for the first half in week number one. So his football team appears to be very much on the rise. We're also going to talk volleyball with the Svengali of Spikes, Tim Kerr himself from Southeastern. His team is not in the championship pool, but he's going to be in the gym for about 14 hours today trying to get that tournament finished. And he'll talk to us all about his team looking forward and tonight's championship pool, which is a really unusual but good one at Southeastern. All right, let's break it all down. Let's look back at what Friday was last night. And it was certainly a a ponderous something if you're a fan of local high school sports, and I mean that in the best possible way. We'll start you off in Missouri last night with the biggest game on the docket, and it turned out to live up to the billing. Number six, Clark County in Class 2, 12. Number eight, Centralia, 14. I guess the Centralia Panthers are very much for real. Centralia wins last night despite being outgained 207 to 203 by the Indians. Caleb Lapsley had 106 rushing yards in a losing cause, but Centralia gets that all-important second victory. They're 2 and 0. They will take on Palmyra at Palmyra next weekend trying to run that incredible gauntlet out of the gate this season, but if Centralia is 3 and 0 to start this season, that says an awful lot about that football team. Great effort last night in Ewing by the Highland Cougars, just not enough to take down number 10 Macon, but maybe the best performance by a Highland team we've seen in the last couple of years as Highland loses 46-36. Robert Gale had 147 rushing yards in the loss. Drew Mallett, 23 of 34 passing for 238 in the loss as well. Monroe City bounces back from a loss at Centralia in week one, puts the offense back together and scores 30 points on a really good Brookfield defense in a 30-14 to victory. Keenan Batzel, 24 carries, 116 yards and a couple of touchdowns in that one. Meanwhile, South Shelby is still undefeated, 2-0 out of the gate in the Clarence Cannon. On the road last night, the Cardinals take down Putnam County 28-7. Palmyra, a winner last night over Bowling Green, 34-16. was kind of a sloppy, weird affair for two teams that struggled to find offense in Week 1. 
They scored five combined touchdowns in the first quarter last night. Palmyra, the difference in this game, Brody Lenbauer with a 90-yard scoop-and-score touchdown that broke the thing wide open. Quarter Lenbauer was 8-14 of passing last night for 156 yards and a touchdown. Dakota Compton, he stayed red hot with 113 rushing yards and two touchdowns of his own. Milan knocks Mark Twain from the ranks of the unbeaten with a 52-20 win at Center Missouri last night. Van Farr gets the first win of the John Cleaver era, taking down Louisiana 34-12. What a night last night for Indians quarterback Verdell Johnson, who was 9-15 of passing for 126 yards and two touchdowns. He also carried the ball 11 times for 227 yards and four touchdowns. That is six touchdowns, kids, if you're counting Pretty darn impressive work last night. Scotland County stays red hot with the win over Fayette, 38-12. to Knox County filled for the first time this season by Marceline, 50-16. to Paris is 2-0 and on the season. The Coyotes taking down Salisbury, 28-6, to behind 226 passing yards and three touchdowns last night from Clayton Langerud, which sets up a really interesting game in Memphis next Friday, as it will be Scotland County hosting Paris. That should be a ton of fun. Looking forward to that. And in the capital city, excuse me, I should say in America's hometown, the Capital City Warriors, the Jeff City Jays, come in and hand Hannibal their second straight loss. 27-12 to was your final there. Hannibal is 0-2 on the season. Also on Thursday night, North Shelby bounces back from their, their season, their week one opening loss to... Uh, they, their week one opening loss and beats uh, Northwest Hughesville Sacred Heart 84 to 2. Yes, that was the score 84 to 2. Thank you for putting the two points on the board just to make that slightly more interesting. Northwest Hughesville. And that was your Missouri rundown in Illinois last night. A mixed bag of results. At Alton, Quincy High School drops a 22-12 to decision where the Blue Devils just couldn't get their offense rolling in the second half. They were up at one point in this game 12-7, to but things just kind of spun awry despite a pair of rushing touchdowns last night from Adante Kreider. I believe he finished the night with 77 yards. But the Blue Devils, after the big win to open Week 1 against North Lawndale, struggled last night to get any kind of offense going. The exact opposite was the case for Quincy Notre Dame last night as the Raiders were down 10 and found a way to bounce back thanks to a big block punt and a late touchdown in that one by Lake Bergman, which uh, helps bring Quincy Notre Dame to 2-0 on the season. They will have a darn tough test next week as Peoria comes to town. But again, Quincy Notre Dame 2-0 to start this year, which is a metric improvement over last year. West Hancock with his first win of the season, beating Carnahan of Missouri 32-6. Isaac Munson, the star in that game last night, 37 carries, 207 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He also had 11 tackles. That kid can flat play. Canton takes McComb down and drops the Bombers to 0-2 on the season, 57-14. Brown County tastes defeat for the first time this season at the hands of state-ranked Carrollton on the road, 36-14. The Camp Point Central Panthers are now 2-0. They will play Brown County and host them next week. The Panthers win 32 to nothing at Winchester last night. Brandon Rossmiller, five touchdowns, two rushing, two receiving, 186-yard kickoff return as well to add to the cause. Triopia picks up its first win of the season, 38-16 over Calhoun. It was Beard Town all over North Green last night, 52 to 34. Greenfield Northwestern handles route last night, 43 to nothing. Unity Payson a winner last night by 27 over Pleasant Hill Western in a game we'll talk about in just a few minutes with Connor McLaughlin. Bennett Deusterhouse had four touchdowns in that one. Austin Cornwell, 162 yards passing and two touchdowns there as well. Alane West with a last second, well, at, at least in the last five seconds touchdown from Cole Jackson beats Havana for its first win of the season, 22 to 20. 
Cambridge, a winner over Bushnell West Prairie, 38 to 12. It was Knoxville handing Rushville Industry its first loss of the season, 40 to 8. Pittsfield loses to Auburn, 41 to 20. And MacArthur of Decatur, a winner over Jacksonville, 33 to 27. In Iowa, Keokuk now 2 and 0 on the season with a 47 to 20 win over Burlington High School. Corey Skinner, 151 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a 32 yard rushing touchdown. Also, Fort Madison is undefeated with a win on the road, 26 to 14 over West Burlington. Notre Dame. So obviously Southeast Iowa football is much better this season than it has been in the last couple of years. Uh, Minneapolis, though, uh, does not make it a clean sweep for Central Lee. They end up losing to Central Lee 82-14. to Soccer yesterday, Hannibal opens its season finally with a win last night, 8-0 over Ellsbury at home. Nathan DeStefani with four goals in that one, and Quincy Notre Dame runs into a buzzsaw yesterday. We don't see the Raiders lose many soccer matches like this. They lost 6 to nothing. GLCA is really, really good. Also in women's college soccer last night, Quincy University a 1-0 winner over Davenport. Maddie Bauer with the golden goal in that one. In the Suns Classic in volleyball last night, Payson two games to none over Brown County. Central two games to one over Western. Liberty two games to none over West Hancock to punch its way into the three-way championship pool. So the Liberty Eagles will be there. Illini West will also be there after taking down Southeastern two games to none, as will Rushville Industry. All right, we're going to break it all down football-wise with Connor McLaughlin when the morning ticket continues. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. To be able to break it down with the head coach of the Unity Pace and Mustangs, Connor McLaughlin, especially coming off a big win last night at Pleasant Hill Western. And first of all, Connor, you guys had that great first half last week against a really good Carrollton squad, and it kind of spun away from you in the second half at the hands of Hunter Flowers. To come back and get a win, how important was that to your kids this week? It was extremely important, Chris. Uh, it's something we talked about all week. Um, you know, like you had said, you know, we, we had a pretty good first half with Carrollton. Um, you know, did a lot of you know good things, had some mistakes, and uh, and then unfortunately in the second half, you know, we made too many mistakes, and when you do that. Um, you know, against a kid like um, like Flowers, you know, he'll definitely make sure you pay for it. So um, it was something that we talked about all week, you know, not only just going out and, and getting a win, but uh, doing it the way that we wanted to and, and doing it the way that we knew we could as a team, um, you know, which was being very balanced and, and being aggressive and attacking. And, and I think our kids did a pretty good job of that last night. You're a team, and we've been pushing this narrative since the preseason, that I think has a really good shot to, to get back into the playoffs and make a run. And you backed that up last night with a, with a really nice win, and you kind of backed it up, as you mentioned, with, with a good performance against Carrollton. Is confidence really the key for this, what is a very talented group? Um, I think so, um, and there's definitely not a lack of confidence with, with this group. Um, you know, they've they've worked really hard, you know, this past year and in the off season, and and I think they knew, you know, going into the off season what their potential could be. Um, and this senior class is a really good one. Of you know, they they want to leave um, on the highest note possible. You know, they've seen, you know, when they were freshmen, you know, was was back in 2016. Um, with you know the the big playoff runs and those two teams and um, and then again so they've kind of seen every bit of the roller coaster you know they're 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 going all the way around and and again they want to make sure that um, you know that 
they bring it back to where where it started, and they want to again make the playoffs. And again, they have a lot of confidence, and they know what their potential is. Um, again, we know where our weaknesses in are, and we know again where to um, try to improve. But uh, they're, they're definitely a group that that believes, and and that's a huge thing for us. I want to start with your strengths, obviously, and I want to talk about that passing game, which has gotten to be fairly decently honed over the last couple of years and, and ascending and kind of the trajectory this year, very positive behind Austin, who had another big night last night. I mean, you, you don't do much better than 16 to 24 passing last night. He's He's got a certain, um, almost a swagger to him, doesn't he? He does. Um, you know, I, I think his, you know, confidence level has definitely gotten a lot higher. Um, you know, and, and Austin's, again, he's a kid that, uh, you know, he may not throw for, you know, for 280 yards or 300 yards, um, you know, but his game is the high efficiency. You know, like you pointed out, 16 or 24, um, you know, he always puts the ball where it needs to be. And, um, you know, he's really kind of honed into that, um, you know, to that role of, of being the leader of the offense and, and making sure that uh, everything runs smoothly. Um, and again, like I said, he had a great night last night of putting the ball where it needed to be. And, um, you know, he's another guy that he knows that, look, we've got, you know, three or four options that we can throw the ball to, and then we've got three or four options we can hand the ball off to. Um, you know, again, he, he loves just being that guy that, that facilitates all that um, and loves to be the one that kind of commands it. Defensively, and obviously last night you you ran up against one of the best running backs in the state. <laughs> I know it's Pleasant Hill Western, and, and obviously their struggles have kind of diminished what Kodiak Rogers is and can be, but you saw it last night. That That's a tough kid to get tackled. Uh, what did you learn from last night as a defense? Because I think that really is the tipping point for you going forward is, is how you limit and stop people, especially getting back into the, the North Slate and more run-oriented teams. Absolutely, um, and, and again, you know, hats off to, to, to Kodiak, and he's a um, a very special young man. He has been for for quite a while now. Um, you know, not only does he have you know speed, uh, but again, he's he's a tough kid to take down. Um, and again, you know, they, Pleasant Hill is is a team that continues to fight um, from the first snap to the last snap, and and they've got some, you know, they've got a lot of good. Um, things up front, uh, you know, their linemen are experienced and they got a lot of push. And again, when you got somebody like Kodiak behind there um, to run the ball, um, you know, again, it's something that's tough to to stop. And again, I think you know, for the, for most of the game, I thought we did a pretty good job. Uh, we made some mental mistakes, you know, here and there, um, you know. But I think that's something that it has improved. I don't think our numbers have kind of shown it yet, um, you know. But there is a little bit more of a of a tenacity with this defense. Um, and we've talked about it, you know, for weeks now, uh, that the defense is what's going to, you know, take us over the edge and, and get us back to the playoffs, you know, because our offense has been able to put up points, you know, even in the last couple of years. But the defense is what really has to step up. And like you said, you know, going into the north now, you know, with Triopia, Kent Point, Beardstown, um, Route, all of them are going to be able to run the ball, and they're, they're going to want to run the ball. So we definitely have to uh, make sure we stir that up and if we want to keep ourselves in those games. How do you see the North, Connor? Because I think even after last night, we kind of look around and go, this thing is incredibly balanced. I think so. You know, I mean, I don't think, um, you know, for the most part, uh, I mean, again, you know, you always, the thing with the, with the WSC North is there's never a week that's going to be simple. There's never a week that's going to be easy. You're always going to face, you know, some really good athletes or some really good um, linemen up front, and you're always going to face teams that are, extremely well coached and and play with a a tremendous amount of heart and that is probably one of the single toughest things um you know to to do as a as a coach is to try to counterbalance that 
Um, you know, which I mean, again, I, I've told our kids, you know, all off season, you know, the the window's there. Uh, if again we capitalize on some things, if we play the way that we know we should and prepare the right way, um, I mean, this the the North can end up in in a hundred different ways. Um, again, as long as we're just putting ourselves in the position to to continue to you know be in a winning spot at the end of the game, uh, I think that will be a good thing for us. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out, Connor, that your alma mater went 2-0, and and I know you spend a lot of time around Jack Cornell and that group of assistant coaches. Just from the outside looking in, uh, to see Jack have success this year, what's what's that kind of mean, and what difference have you noticed in him? Um, you know, again, like you said, you know, being an alumni of that program, um, you know, I always – you know, hope for the best for them. Um, and again, you know, I've been in, in Jack's shoes now of, of being a young head coach, um, and kind of going through, you know, some up and downs. And, um, I, I had no doubt that, uh, that again, that, that Jack and that coaching staff would get those kids, um, you know, back on the right track. And, and again, playing, you know, playing what Notre Dame football has always been. And I think that's probably, um, you know, the biggest thing for that staff and, and for everything they have is they want to get back to what Raider football has been for, for 20 plus years now. Um, and again, I, I had no doubt with, with the kids that they have, with some of the talent that they have, um, that they would be able to, um, you know, get themselves back to that. And, and again, I know that, uh, they'll do everything they can to, you know, again, make sure that that continues. Well, congratulations, Connor, to you and to your Mustangs on the, on the good start to the season. Best of luck moving forward. And as always, thank you for joining us again. Best of luck to the Unity, uh, Payson Mustangs as they move into the North because it's going to be a slog. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. Okay, and when we come back, we're going to talk some volleyball with the Svengali of Spikes himself, Tim Kerr, from Southeastern High School. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. And joining us now live and direct from his home away from home, or maybe just his home this week during the Lady Suns Classic, in his office, Tim Kerr from Southeastern High School. Tim, if you had to estimate, how many hours have you been in that gym and in that hospitality suite this week? <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Um, I'd say the hospitality suite more than the gym, but uh, it's, it'd be pretty close. Uh, we do a pretty good job with that. Um, you know, it's, it's it's been a crazy week, and it always is, and it's really a fun uh, a fun way to kick off the volleyball season. And uh, you know, um, we open up with four o'clock matches, and we usually we're here until you know nine thirty, closing things up. You know, four or five days a week, the, during the week. So uh, it has been a long, testy week, and you know. Uh, today we started this morning. We've got matches going on already, and we'll uh, again hopefully get done, you know, eight or nine o'clock this evening. So it's been it's been a long testing week, but it's been uh, it's been uh, it's been a good one as well. Well, hats off, you and your people do a fantastic job with that tournament from start to finish. Although from the outside looking in, and I don't mean to to pick at scabs here, but people are going to look at your championship pool tonight, which starts about five o'clock, and not see Pace and Seymour, not see Unity, and not see Southeastern, which is sort of your traditional fare for the championship round and go well what's happened i think that just speaks to the balance the balance in our area this year doesn't it tim yeah no question you know i uh i'm very good friends with seth klusmeyer former unity coach and uh i haven't had a chance to text him yet but i was going to text him uh, last night or this morning and tell him that well southeastern unity are still going to play each other on, on saturday but it's not going to be uh, it's going to be a little earlier in the day than usual so you know you know you and i talked a little bit earlier in the week just about um the parity in the in the area volleyball wise and you know we really found that out um this week we knew we knew we 
we knew coming into the the week making the pools that you know um, there isn't necessarily uh, the traditional favorites and the the powerhouses that um, that we usually see and, and that you, like you said I don't I can't remember the last time we haven't played in the last in the last round and the same thing I could say with unity and pace and that's that's kind of been the tradition and and uh, you know. Um, it's just one of those things where it seems like some of the teams that have been really strong in the past are maybe down a little bit, and, and some of the other teams are, are kind of on an upswing. So it really uh, it really does, uh, like you said, talk, just really talk to the, the, the balance that is in the area, and it's going to make for a, a lot of stressful nights and gray hairs for old guys like me and a lot of, a lot of fun for fans around the area because I think, uh, you know, going into almost each and every match this season, no matter what school you're rooting for, you're going to probably be in for a pretty competitive, pretty entertaining um, volleyball match. Well, you've got a pretty entertaining championship around tonight because I know people may not have seen them yet and may not know, but Liberty's loaded with talent. An Illini West team under Dakota Flesner that's really made a lot of strides, has a nice front line, and I was super impressed with Rushville Industries' Graceland Crowey. I mean, those are three pretty darn good teams. You're going to have a show tonight, I would imagine. Yeah, it really is exciting. Um, you know, you, I'm really, I'm just, um, you know, you mentioned Illini West and Dakota and, and you know Liberty has a new coach this year as well, and 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 Ashley is so so funny over at Rushville. You know they they won uh, their pool by way of a tiebreaker, and they played all really well all you know all week, and and it actually it came down to that central central western game yesterday. It was basically uh, it was going to come down to defensive points allowed, and I and I was watching her in the crowd, and and, and as soon as uh, Western scored that twentieth point in the in that second set, she was jumping up and down, and I I uh, sent her a quick text and and simply said. Said, um, where's your poker face, Lady Gaga? I feel like you've been there before, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, it's exciting for those programs, and it's exciting for for those those young coaches that do a great job. You know, I feel like uh, you know an old grizzled veteran now, crusty veteran now. So it's kind of cool to see. Obviously, we want to be there, but it's kind of cool to see those younger kids have some success with their programs, and then just the just the sparkle that they have when they, you know, when they, you know, in this case, when they got into the final round of our tournament. And you know, like you you mentioned Liberty, and, and you know, coming into the Coming into the tournament, you think that you know, Liberty and Illini West probably, as far as just raw material, are are at the top of the at the top of the heat probably. And then uh, you know, like you said, Rushville just just really uh, really played well all all week and, and did some nice things. And you know, we just worked their way into this round. So should be three pretty competitive um, you know matches in the championship pool and and, and really the same throughout uh, you know throughout the day. Let's talk a little bit about your lady sons because you are still a bellwether and everybody looks at your program and year in and year out, Tim, you get, you get max out of your girls. And I, I think you're constructed a little bit differently and you're sort of more specific offensively, but you do have girls who will defend the floor and you do move the ball around pretty well and you can win that way, I would think. Yeah, you know, at this, at this level, you know, small school volleyball and, and even though I say, I say that this is a, a little niche in the in the region, I think, in the area in the state that's uh, really strong volleyball-wise. You know, you look at um, you look at the state tournament over the last few years, and you, you can see that with Payson and West Prairie, and you know, obviously Notre Dame. So, so even though I say Class A volleyball, it's still you know a, pr- a pretty high level Class A volleyball. I feel, but uh, that being said, you know. There are not, uh, you know, I guess our, our estimation is, you know, we're able to, you know, to compete and win some games and, and, you know, not necessarily look very imposing in, in warm-ups. You know, we've got 
know, really, honestly, one or two kids that can hit the ball and even look halfway impressive at all in warm-ups. So, you know, we're we're looking at, you know, five foot four on the outside, and that's really not the the recipe for a dominating volleyball squad. But you know, we we do, like you said, we we have some quickness and we have some. Um, you know, just some desire to be good and, and just some desire to compete and a lot of, uh, you know, a little bit of athleticism out there as well. And, and, uh, you know, we, you know, even, we even, even last night we talked, you know, before, right before the match with Alina West, you know, we, we, we can't go out with the way we're constructed. We can't go out and just try to match power for power. We're going to have to, you know, match their power with our, our brain and our intellect and try to just, um, you know, be solid and minimize mistakes, and and you know, and I think you can win that way. You know, and we've shown that we've probably, you know, as far as again, I use raw material, but as far as raw material, we probably, you know, we've won two matches already this year that we maybe shouldn't have won if you just line up the girls and, and look athlete for athlete. So, no, I, I think that we, we've kind of made a living that way over the last few years, and you know, obviously we had you know some some great athletes. You know, you go back to. Uh, Marcy Michaela a long time ago and, and, and Colby and Madison more recently and um, you know obviously when you have horses it makes it easier but it's, you know as a coach you know it's it's fun to be able to you know to pull out a lot of victories and you know come up with a successful season when when necessarily you don't look so impressive in a lineup. Well great job as always Tim you do a fantastic job best of luck to you today and thank you for joining us and that wraps up the Saturday morning ticket for this week. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.